what were the things that really lit me up before this happened? What were the things that really brought me joy? What were the simple pleasures? So going to get pedicures, putting lip gloss on, wash, doing my hair, you know, spending time with my girlfriends, getting a latte. So I made a list of about 25 things that I used to love, that used to just bring me joy, just because. And I made a promise to myself that every day I would get up, I would get dressed, maybe not have full makeup on, but I would put some damn lipstick on, or I would just show up as the best version I could in that moment. And that that was fleeting and changing and that was okay. Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right in to today's episode. Today, you'll all have the honor of listening to Shauna DeMellon's story. Shauna is a transformational medium. She is an avid women's empowerment advocate and a loyal coffee and chocolate lover, a woman of my own heart. Yes! I've got my coffee right here as well. And I would totally have chocolate for breakfast if I could as well with my coffee. Right? (laughs) And uh, Shauna is the creative founder of Growing Up in Heaven program, which is for mothers who have lost their children and want to communicate and connect with them on the other side. So we'll be learning more about Shauna as well as her son, Jack, who is the reason probably of her journey. So welcome, Shauna. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is such a pleasure and honor to be here and to connect with you and to just share this space. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful that you're here and we connected a little bit before we started recording that we are puppy puppy moms you also a cat mom so we 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 shared a little bit of about that too and so tell us more about you where you live and a little bit of your family dynamics sure i live in calgary alberta canada and we are nestled right next to the rocky mountains i like to tell people that we are just above montana So it sort of gives people a reference point as to where we are in the world. Um, I'm an actual, uh, I'm a native Calgarian, so I was born and raised here. Uh, You know, there aren't as many of us in the city. I find that a lot of people um, leave and travel the world and, and, you know, experience different places. And then at some point, people usually come back. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful, magical place. Um, I am uh, a lifelong medium. Um, And what that means is, um, as a young girl, I saw spirit everywhere. I called them the the see-through people. Um, And, you know, we went to Catholic school, so it wasn't something that was readily talked about. We didn't have TV shows. We didn't have books. We didn't have, you know, this plethora of information for everyone to understand what was happening. And 
my gifts sort of, you know, I sort of put them on the back burner growing up. I just really wanted to have friends. I wanted to, you know, have someone to play with at lunch. And so just sort of put them on the back burner. And it was about 15 years ago, uh, I was in an accident and I, I rode a zip line here in the city and my parachute didn't open. And through the healing process from that accident, spirit started to come in again. It was crazy. I had Reiki. Uh, I don't know if people are familiar with Reiki. Reiki is, is an energy modality that's very peaceful and calming. And I had, um, I had a Reiki session and uh, I thought, oh my gosh, what is this? I feel fantastic. I have to learn this. This is amazing. And the woman that was my Reiki master, she said, you'll be offering sessions for people. And I said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. And I said, I'm, I'm healing. I'm, I'm not interested in this stuff. No, 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 no. So I became a Reiki master and then I just, they kept, spirit just kept hitting me over the head with, you need to offer sessions. You need to offer sessions, get yourself a bed, get the room set up, do this. So it took me about six months to actually finally go get the bed and set it up. And within about a month, I was just booked like crazy. People were coming in and it was just absolutely magical. And through the sessions, I looked up. And I started to see spirit sitting in the corner of the room. And so in every session there, the spirit would come in. And I thought, nicely played universe, nicely played. Because in my mind, it was like, no, I'm not doing that. It's, it's too weird. It's out there. People are going to judge me. It's this, it's that. And um, so that was really when I decided, you know what? I love doing this. I love helping. And let's, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's go for this ride and see where it takes us. And then um, about eight, about nine years ago, so Jack would be eight this year, uh, nine years ago, uh, my husband at the time, he and I had talked about having another baby. So my daughter, Emma, is now 16. And it was funny because she would, she would run around the house and say stuff like, where's my brother? Why is he not in your tummy? Where, where is he? How come, when is he coming? Like we're, we're supposed to be a family of four. Where, when is he coming? I'm going to show him this and I'm going to show him that. And, and, and he, and we're just, we're going to be the best of friends. And it's like, it was just absolutely insane. And so I would, you know, be upstairs, you know, putting laundry away or doing something. And I would hear her in her room talking. And I thought, who the heck is she talking to? And it's not uncommon for children to have imaginary friends. So I peeked into her room the one day and sure enough there, she was sitting with this little boy and they were chatting and she came downstairs after and I said, so were you having a tea party with your friends? What was happening? And she said, yeah, she said, my brother Jack was there and he's just waiting for you to have, make him show up in your tummy. And I just, I, I just froze. I thought, oh my gosh. And my husband at the time and I, we hadn't even really decided whether or not we were going to have another child. And so it was just all of this crazy stuff was happening. And then I started dreaming about Jack and then I started seeing his energy and feeling his energy. And it was just, it was crazy. So uh, my husband at the time and I, we had decided to um, take the leap and, and have another baby. And we needed a little bit of assistance. And so we had started the in vitro journey and, you know, thought things were going according to plan and everything was lining up and things didn't work out. And it was very early on and it was a grief that, um, the only way I can describe it even to this day is that it just literally brought me to my knees. It was just this instant shock and disbelief when they said, I'm sorry, it didn't work. And it just, it was 
it was debilitating. Um, it was, you know, and it was interesting too, because now I can look back and I understand what was happening, but I was so angry. I was furious. I was angry at myself. I was angry at the doctors. I was angry at God. I was angry at my, my husband at the time. I was just so angry. And it was a loss that impacted every aspect of my life. And I often share this with um, the clients and the students that I work with that, you know, you're one person before this type of loss. And then through that journey, through healing and grieving, you become a different version of you. And I really no longer recognize myself. I just, I threw myself into work. I volunteered at the school with my daughter's class. I've probably made 10 million cupcakes. I <laughs> just tried to do anything I could to not have to sit with it. And it was about, mm, I would say it was about three, three, four years later. And I was guided to have uh, a session with a medium uh, and Laurel is so beautiful, so amazing. And so I booked in with her and, you know, it's funny because people were like, well, you're a medium. Just why can't you connect with him? Why can't you experience him? And I said, I, I can't, my grief is so heavy and the sorrow and the loss. And I felt depressed. And I said, all these lower energies are just, I'm not anywhere near energetically high enough for, I can't experience him. I don't feel him. So the first session with Laurel, she said, Shauna, have you talked to Jack? And I said, no, I, I, I can't. I said, I don't feel him. I don't see him. It's like he's gone. And then she said, well, he's right here. And I could see him walk in to the space holding hands with this beautiful angelic being. And he just ran right up to me. And I just instantly started crying. And it was like, I just, in that moment, it was like, of course, I couldn't experience him because my grief I hadn't even looked at it. I hadn't even unpacked it. I just pushed it aside and there was, I wasn't even, couldn't even look at what that was going to mean. And, you know, I always, from the work I do now, I work pre predominantly with, with mothers who have lost children. When you lose a child, it's, it's, it's a loss on so many different levels. And you're also grieving the future that that child would have brought into your world. You're, you're grieving the dreams, you're grieving the milestones, you're grieving how that child would have fit into your family. You're grieving so much. It's like you're grieving an entire future. And from that day, I, I gave myself permission to start grieving him and mourning him. And it was from that moment that I started to grieve. I went into a deep depression uh, you know, I would get triggered right, left and center. I would be, you know, out somewhere and I would see someone, I would see a pregnant woman and I would just instantly burst into tears. Or I would see a little boy running around who would be, you know, about his age. And, um, and you know, it impacted every aspect of my life. You know, I'm now divorced. I've been divorced a few years. Uh, it, it changed the way I parented. It changed the way I saw myself. It changed pretty much every aspect of my life. It was like this ripple effect. And through all of it, uh, I started to have, I started to have more mothers booking in with me. And at first I, I, I couldn't, I was just like, I don't know if I can be neutral. I don't know if I'm going to start crying because of your stuff and my stuff's going to come up. And ah. so it took me a little bit of time to just figure out how to manage all of that so I could be just clear and be in service for them. And yeah, and then you're right, you know, we, we developed the program to teach mothers how to make that connection. 
And yeah, you know, and to this day, you know, Jack would have been eight this year. So now I see little eight-year-old boys running around and it, it just lights me up. It's like, I know that he's safe on the other side. Um, I know that I can have that connection with him and I can experience him. And I truly believe that it was through making that connection with Jack again, that helped me to heal. It helped me to heal the heartache and the pain and just helped me to, you know, really find that inner resiliency. And I have a greater capacity to love now. I have such a capacity to love and to feel and to experience life that I wouldn't have had if this experience hadn't happened. And so, yeah, that's, you know, and, and there are still moments where, uh, you know, it's funny, Jack will come in and he'll say, mama, let's count my freckles. And that's one of our things that we would do. We would sit and we would count at the freckles on his nose and his cheeks. And um, there was a little boy I saw about a month ago that had all these freckles and the big blue eyes. And I just froze. And in that, just for that brief moment, it was like, oh God, okay that that's still there and it's okay because it just becomes a part of us. It becomes a part of our journey, a part of our story. Um, and so, yeah, I'm absolutely blessed to uh, work with mothers. Um, you know, and the mothers I work with are um, some have had, you know, in vitro failures and, and miscarriages, similar stories and others haven't been able to get pregnant. And then they had this miracle baby and something has happened. I've had mothers that have, you know, lost children, you know, in their thirties and forties and, and just a myriad, every scenario in between. And um, it is, it is a deep, it is a deep loss. It's, it's very profound, but it's, I love being able to give a voice to it and to help people understand that um, you can work through it. It takes time and everyone's different. I mean, I'm, I'm eight years in now, so I'm at a completely different place than someone who's just recently lost a child. And so it's, um, again, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I love connecting and, and sharing different insights and, and ideas. And so I can help, if I can help one person, that, that just means the world to me. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that and the beauty and sharing Jack with us. Um, I have some questions I'm like no noting down here as you were speaking. One of the things that came up was wanting to ask you how you helped Emma navigate her grief since she had already connected with him even prior to him being born. And how did you help her navigate, uh, you know, the grief of then her, her brother. The we had, brother. yeah, absolutely. We had, um, we had very open conversations. I used to say to people, you know, she's, um, you know, she's like eight in a 40 year old body. She just, <laughs> she was just such, uh, such an open little, little spirit at that time. I mean, as children get older, things shift and change in their world. But at that time, she was so open and her gifts were so open. And so we we had the conversation around just because he isn't here in the physical doesn't mean that you still can't connect with him and you can still see him. And, and you know, over the years through my work with mediumship, I have, there have been instances where um, those souls have found a way to come into that soul family, maybe not as a child, but, you know, sometimes, you know, there was, um, uh, my girlfriend, her, her sister had had a child and she said, I swear it's my brother. 
It's like his energy is in my nephew, or it's just, just reminds me of him. And so, you know, we sort of have that conversation that, you know, if he's, if he's meant to come into this physical reality, he will somehow somewhere someday. And that the big thing for her was to understand that, um, you know, sometimes things don't go according to plan and that's okay. And that she could still experience him and still connect with him and still talk to him. And so we were out, um, we were out near, uh, it's a place called Elbow Falls. It's, it's about an hour drive west of the city and it is absolutely spectacular. And the energy is beautiful and it's right in the mountains and the falls are spe- oh, just absolutely beautiful. One of my favorite places on the planet. We were out there one day for a picnic and Emma said, mom, oh my God, mom, what is that? And I said, what, what is it? She said, hang on. And so she's going in the water. She's walking on the rocks. I said, oh, Emma, what are you doing? Come on. (laughs) This is a lot. This is fast water. I'm not a good swimmer. Come. And of course the mama bear comes in and she pulls out this heart rock about this big. And she said, mom, it's Jack. Mom, it's him. Whoa, mom, do you see it? And it just, it just instantly, it's like, it almost, it almost brought him into our world. It just, it, it helped us to know that he's still with us, that he's still making the connection. And to this day, I probably have thousands of heart rocks everywhere I go. I find them. And it is one of the most beautiful things when we can experience signs and symbols from our loved ones on the other side, I'd call them sprinkles, sprinkles from heaven. It's just in that moment, you're just absolutely connected with that loved one. Um, and yeah, for me, it's it's heart rocks. And so that that really helped her to understand that she could still, like I said to her, you can just close your eyes and you can feel him all around you. Close your eyes and, you know, connect into your heart, just breathe into your heart and he's there. He'll meet you there every time. And so um, it is, it's, it's, I think it's, it's so important to, to have the difficult, difficult, difficult conversations and to be able to, um, to be able to be as transparent as you can about it and just, you know, and I said to her, if you have any questions, if you want to talk about it, she would journal, she would draw pictures and just finding different ways for her to express whatever she was feeling. Um, and then, you know, yeah, at times she would say, I like that it's just me because I don't have to share with anybody. <laughs> so it, it sort of went from one extreme to the next. But yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, it was just I think everything sort of wrapped up nicely when we started to find the heart rocks everywhere. I just, mm. yeah, they're just, I just recently moved a couple of months ago and uh, the moving, I, I thought I can't even move some of these boxes because they're full of rocks. And the moving guys were like, <laughs> what the heck is in here? I said, oh, lots of books. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You're like you can like build the house now with all the all the rocks you've collected and all the heart rocks. Exactly. The, uh, that is so beautiful. Now with her, I know you mentioned when you were younger, you would push aside your medium medium kind of uh, senses per se, because you just like I want to have friends, I want to be normal, quote unquote. Um, seeing that your daughter has also showed those uh you know those beautiful gifts how have you helped her then navigate that knowing and that connection that she Mm. has Mm -hmm. such a great question you know and it's interesting I always tell people that everyone has 
everyone has spiritual gifts. We all have an intuition. We all have, um, you know, we have these, these gifts and, and we're able to experience more than what's here in this reality if we choose to. Um, and so, yes, over the years, uh, you know, she would, it's funny, she would come home after client days. And, um, she said the one day she said, mom, she said, why do you always have Kleenex on the table? Why? And I said, well, sweetheart, I said, <laughs> right? I said right, exactly. I said, well, well, sweetheart, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, people's heart and, and we're helping them to heal their heart and, and, and they're crying and they're just, they're releasing and it's, it's part of helping them. And she looked at me and she said, I want to do what you do when I grow up. And I said, yeah, you do. So it's been funny, right? Like she, um, she's, you know, she's done her Reiki with me. Um, you know, she, she meditates, um, she's incredibly gifted artist. So she's always expressing through her art. Um, you know, and I think, you know, as she's gotten older, it's, it's shifted a little bit because it's, um, it's not as readily accepted and it's not, it's not as mainstream. It's not talked about. And, and I think, you know, for her, you know, not wanting to feel, um, ostracized or like she's weird or she doesn't fit in. I mean, they have enough to deal with now anyway, <laughs> being oh a teenager yeah. growing up. Yeah. Um, and so just always, I've just always, you know, since she was a little girl, I've always said to her, how does that make you feel? And I've always, always really, um, stayed open to her questions and her curiosity and, and not making her wrong or right. It's just, you know, I say to her, you know, that's your experience, you know, and the analogy we always used was we're kind of like a Rubik's cube. One day we're the blue side, the next day we're jumping over to green and the next time we're over on yellow. And I said, there are so many different facets to us and, and there's so much, um, so much that we can, so much that we can learn and polish and master with our gifts that will help us to live intuitively, that will help us to, you know, show up as the best versions of us, really, as we connect into our soul and our spirit. And so that was, again, that was one of the things I've always said to her was, you know, really connecting and how does that make you feel? Where do you feel that? Do you feel that in your heart? Do you feel something heavy? What is that? And I've, you know, I've always tried to teach her to just be really curious about what it is. If she's upset about something, to sit with it and, 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 you know, I tell her, you know, let it speak to you. What is that? You're angry about something. What is that? And so I think for, for, for children in this day and age, it really is about staying curious and really, really helping them to navigate the outer world while they find their inner, their, their inner truth as they, you know, learn to become the best versions of themselves. And really, you know, again, they're swayed by so much. There's so much going on around them and they're just bombarded with information. And it's just, oh my goodness. And so just trying to help, you know, stay, stay as centered as they can, however they can. <laughs> and, and some days that's easier said than done. But for the most part, it's just really about, you know, staying true to you. What feels good to you? If it feels good to you, okay, awesome. Maybe run with that. And if it doesn't, maybe ask some more questions and stay curious. I always say, I tell people, you know, um, when we stay in question, it's like we're leaving a doorway open to the universe to bring in that universal guidance and help. And I don't try to convince people to believe what I believe in. I believe everyone believes what they believe and what's true in their heart and whatever that is, run with it, embody it, embrace it, love it. Um, but really staying in question is an invitation to the universe 
our loved ones, our guides, our masters, the angels, all of those energies, the benevolent energies to come in and help and assist and, and walk alongside us. You know, sometimes it's, it can be very difficult being in this reality, being in human form. And, and, you know, like I said to people, uh, the people that I, I teach in particular, I say, if you knew that you had this spiritual team that was rooting for your success, why wouldn't you want to connect with them? just a question. And it's not wrong or right. Just why wouldn't you want to open up to that and connect? And so I sort of present, you know, I call it, it's like the buffet of Shauna. (laughs) Here's all this information. It's like chocolate. Hey, would you like a chocolate? No. Okay. Would you like a chocolate? Yes. And they take the entire plate. Wonderful. You know, and it's just really presenting the information and letting people pick and choose what resonates for them. Yes. And, and that's actually even just with this podcast, when I'm interviewing people and the variety and diversity of each story is exactly for that purpose because as somebody is listening they're going to relate and connect to one two three different people and so it's not like everyone has to have the same cup of tea right it's just you know it's not everyone's cup of tea each episode but someone's going to connect with something now I want to uh, dive into how it is that when you were starting your Reiki sessions and when you started, when you saw spirit there for the first time, as you were doing one of these sessions, how did you open up that conversation with your client to ask if it would be okay for you to share what you were seeing and how how is that process with each client as they're coming? Do they already know that that is what you're going to do in the session? Do they already expect it? Or is it just like, let's see what happens in the session and then you, you know, ask to be invited uh, to share what is coming up? Absolutely. That's a, that's a fantastic question. I love it. So the first part, so I, I had a client who came in and, and any of the client stories that I share, I have their permission to share and I change names and, you know, it's, it's, it's confidential information, but I always ask, is it okay if I share this? So I had a client that came in and we were just, we were sitting down chatting about what was going on in her world before we did Reiki. And so, um, we were chatting and talking and, I looked up and I said, oh, I said, there's an older gentleman here. Uh, His name is Harold. I said, are you, do you know anyone by that name? And she looked at me, she said, oh my God, you can see dead people. She said, what? I said, yeah. (laughs) And I was still kind of getting my head around it as well. It was like, yeah, yeah, I can. Mm -hmm." And so it was, it was really funny. I said to her, I said, okay, so he's, um, he's showing me his, uh, you know, his suspenders and he's, he's on the farm and he keeps saying, Harold, Harold, Harold. And I said, I don't know if you, um, if you resonate with that or what that, um, if there's anything more there for you to look at. And she said, that is so weird. She says, I have no idea who this is. And she said, I'll go home and ask my husband. I said, yes, he's telling me to, okay. So there's some sort of connection there. And I said, yeah, I said, sometimes it's like charades. We're kind of putting puzzle pieces (laughs) together and it's like, I don't really know what the heck's going on. So we finished up the session and the next day she called me and she said, oh my God, I have to tell you what happened. I said, what? And she said, Harold was my husband's grandfather. They had this huge farm 
he was so proud of the farm and just he was he and my husband were just like peas in a pod and when he died it was a great loss for my husband and just knowing that you could make that connection was just amazing and she said my husband said you can't google that you can't google that she had no idea she's never met me there's no what where did that come from and so it was interesting and so i kind of i kind of laughed and i thought wow well thank you for sharing and so then from that moment on then it was all right, well, if you're coming to see Shauna, you're coming to have Reiki, or maybe you're having a reading or, you know, and it's interesting because, um, you know, I work energetically. I also have a background in psychology. Um, I'm a spiritual psychologist. I have a background in grief. I'm a counselor. I'm a medium. I mean, there are so many different hats that I can wear in those sessions. And so that, you know, at first it was, it was, it was segregated out. It was, okay, well, are you booking for mediumship? Are you booking for life coaching? What are you booking for? What would, what are we working on? And then it became sort of, we, we, the sessions would sort of ping pong. Someone would book in for Reiki and we would end up doing life coaching for a bit. And then their loved ones would come in and then we might do a little bit of Reiki at the end. And so now I just let the sessions be whatever they need to. Most people will book, will call and say, I've had a recent loss. I'd like to book in. And I don't get any information. I don't, I don't, look them up on, you know, Facebook. I don't, I have a name and a phone number and that's it. Um, and so I do, you know, it's interesting because it, it's sort of organically changed over the years where now it's just, however I can be of service, whoever, mm. whoever I can help, whatever that looks like, whatever they need. Sometimes I have clients who come in and they, um, you know, it's very, it's very emotional and it's, it, they're stepping into a heightened energy. It's, it's a sacred space that they're stepping into. And oftentimes they don't have anyone in their life that they can talk about any of this with. So to just come in and be able to just offload it and just be able to get that weight off and just be able to be in a sacred space and be heard and be acknowledged is just, that can be a game changer. There was, um, there was a client that, that came to me years ago and she said, something has happened. Something's changed with my sister. Um, is, I don't know, can I buy her a session? Like, I'd really love for her to come and see you. And I said, if she's open to it, absolutely. I said, we kind of need her to be on board. I've had so many, so many wives want to book their husband in. And it's like, well, <laughs> they need to be a willing participant first and foremost. If they are, absolutely. <laughs> We're at about 50-50 on that. <laughs> so I said, sure, absolutely. So we, we booked her in and um, her sister came in and she sat down and I said, it, and it depends on how spirit is, how how strong spirit can connect utilizing my gifts. And so some days I'm it's all visual. Other days I'm hearing things. Some days I just know things. Some days I feel things. Um, it just depends on that connection I have with the other side and how just, just as you and I are communicating, you know, some people are really loud and boisterous and other people are soft, soft speakers. And, um, and so that particular day, uh, I said to her, okay, well, we have, uh, we have Mary Lou here. I've got, and I'm relaying these names from spirit. And I said, um, and we have Billy. And as soon as I said that name, she started to cry and she cried for about 20 minutes, just nonstop, just heaving, crying, releasing. And from my background and, and, 
um, teaching, you don't interrupt someone when they're, when they're releasing like that. And so she cried and cried and cried. And so she, you know, started to catch her breath and she had some water and, you know, we took some deep breaths together and I said, okay, how are you feeling? What, what's happening? And she said, um, that was the name that we'd given our baby that we miscarried and we hadn't told the family yet. We hadn't told anyone that we were even pregnant. And so it was like, in that moment, it just unlocked everything for her. And it, it gave her permission to grieve the way that she needed to. And, um, it it was just, it was so beautiful to see her open up like that and just to shift. And it was, uh, and from my perspective, it was just incredible to be a part of that. It was so beautiful and so, so sacred and so special. It was about a day or two later, her husband called and he said, I don't know what you did, but you brought her back. You brought her back. And I think they're at, I think they've had five babies now, maybe six. (laughs) Just, they have gone on and it's just, it's, it was just, again, as a medium, you know, being able to witness that and be a part of it is, is so special. And I am in awe of, of each and every session. It's just, it's amazing that I get to be in this energy and share this and, to impact people's lives and to help, if I can help ease the pain in some way, it just, it's, it's remarkable. It's so beautiful because things that are gifts, like in terms of what you were mentioning, even yourself with mediumship, mediumship that sometimes we even see as, um, in, or let me just put it this way. Some people can see them as curses <laughs> to yes. some extent um or burdens because it's so much that they have to carry but to be able to embrace it as a gift and see it as a gift and know what it is doing for others you know it is just such a bounty and the fact that you had to go through something hard like the parachute not you know your accident to then reconnect with that right that part of you that you had kind of closed the door and you talked about keeping doors open or keeping in question, right? Things in question, leaving the, the door of questions open for things to receive. Same thing with our gifts and things we have. It's like if we close the door, we're blocking all these things that could come to us. And so by you opening it again and, you know, channeling it, not only did it help you help others, but it helped you as well to connect with Jack, you know, and, and, uh, and yeah, and help in your grief journey. So that is just so, so beautiful. Now let's talk about other tools that you used in your grief journey. You, you mentioned you went to Laurel, your medium at that moment after Jack passed. What were some of the tools you mentioned writing for Emma, journaling and so forth and coloring and those kind of things. What about for you? What were other tools you used? That is such a beautiful question. Thank you. Um, It was interesting because it was when I really started to work through the grief and and really start to get my head around the fact that he, he wasn't here and he wasn't coming in and just, just really get my head around all of it. Um, There's something that I call our spiritual toolbox. And so we all have a spiritual toolbox and sometimes we, it's filled, it could be filled with mala beads or chanting or a Bible or prayer. 
um, affirmations. I mean, our spiritual toolbox can be filled with a myriad of different things, different tools and techniques and, and ideas and just beautiful things that help us when we, you know, get stuck or when we're, when we're in the throes of something. And I remember saying to one of the coaches I was working with at the time, I said, it's like I've dumped out my entire spiritual toolbox and there's nothing that's helping this. Like it was, it was scary. It was raw. It was, oh gosh, what am I going to do with this? I was just, it was so profound and it was so, um, it was really scary. Like in that moment, it was like, okay, the, the people that I was used to reaching out to, I'm not resonating with, or they're, they're booked for six months. I can't get in to see them. Or it just, it just felt like there were roadblocks after roadblocks after roadblocks. And so one of the big things that helped me, um, was to really acknowledge that, really acknowledge that it bloody well hurt and to really acknowledge all of the emotions that came with it. And there was, there was a lot of anger, a lot of anger. Like I mentioned earlier, I was angry at myself, at God. I was angry at my husband at the time. I was angry at the doctors. I was angry at everyone. And in processing the anger, I started to kickbox. And people to this day laugh. And I say, no, kickboxing got me through my divorce. Kickboxing, anytime I feel stuck and I feel the anger start to bubble up. I mean, we were raised as, we were raised to be good girls. You don't get angry. You just, you know, everybody gets along and everything is great. It's like little house in the prairie, right? <laughs> it was just, it was so unrealistic. And so I had to give myself permission to get really, really angry and find a way to process that because bottling it up. I mean, I've never been a big drinker. I don't gamble. I don't smoke. I, I don't do drugs. I don't, I just, I didn't have a vice that I could just grab onto to help navigate. So I literally felt like I was sitting in the midst of a tornado. So I started kickboxing. I started to channel all of that energy into, um, you know, physical fitness and working out, whether it was going to the gym, kickboxing, um, yoga, stretching, going for a walk. I spent, oh, thousands of hours just going for a walk down by the river. There's there's a beautiful energetic vortex that is created whenever we're near a fast moving body of water. And so it's very healing. It's cathartic. So I would go down to the river every day. I would grab a latte, go down to the river and I would, sometimes I would just sit and cry. Sometimes I would talk to Jack. Sometimes I would just go for a walk and just allow myself and just let the tears fall. And I, I did this for about a year and it was interesting. There was one day I picked up my latte, got down to the river, and I started to notice the beauty around me. I realized that I hadn't cried that day. And I just, I froze. I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't cried today. I don't feel like crying. I don't have Kleenex in my pocket in case I do cry. I can wear mascara because I don't have to worry about making a mess of my face if I start crying. And it was in that moment I thought, okay, okay. Okay. And that became a turning point. And, and I was able to start to, again, see the beauty in life. And, and would I do anything to have Jack? Of course. But I think the biggest gift I gave myself was just acknowledging everything, the ugliness, the pain, the hurt, the anger, the blame, all of it, just acknowledging all of it and allowing it to go through as it needed to. 
and yeah, I did a lot of writing. One of the processes I, I love to teach clients is to write, write everything that you're feeling, just write it all out and then burn it. And when we burn it, it's like the angels are taking the words to heaven. And so I wrote a ton. I burned a ton. Um, I still have my box full of Jack things that, you know, every now and again, I pull out and I look at and I'm not a, I'm not an absolute mess when I do. Um, and just really, then it became a game with the signs from him, the heart rocks. I would say, Jack, mama wants heart rocks. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And, you know, there was one day, I was about six months ago, we went out for a hike again, just outside the city. And I said, Jack, bring some heart rocks, bring me my heart rock. Where is it? And we found 15 that day. And so no. it became, yeah, it became like a scavenger hunt. I would take a picture. It'd be like, oh my God, there's another one. What? And so we're taking these pictures and then we would go get going again. There's another one. What? And it was, it was so, it was so much fun and so much joy. And it was, so the heart rocks are huge. Um, you know, I always, at the end of every session uh, with clients, I let them know what the signs are to look for from their loved ones. And, um, you know, same thing when we do meditation nights or I teach classes, everyone knows what their sign is to look for their sign from their loved ones. Um, it just, it really, it helps us to know that we're not alone. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, sometimes we can feel so alone, especially when we're grieving because, you know, when you're, they're very, you know, and it's interesting. There was one family I read for, they had lost, um, their dad had died and there were uh, three brothers, their sister and the mom. So those five individuals were all at a different place on the grieving spectrum. Mm -hmm. And that was okay. Like there's no guidebook. No one is going to grieve the way that you do. And again, when you're grieving a child, you're grieving so much and there's, there can be guilt. There can be, oh my gosh, so many different components to it. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was just beautiful. And then it was fun because, um, every year before my birthday, about a week before Jack will come in, it's usually through a meditation. Usually when I'm doing mundane stuff, it's like, Oh, hi, you're here. And he'll say, mama, you need to go get this. That's from me. That's for your birthday. And it's, it's sweet. And it's, um, I learned to really give myself grace and to really be gentle with my heart as it was healing and I've just really, and it's interesting too, because I, I remember thinking, I need more ground crew. I need more people here to help me navigate this. Mm -hmm. And I have met incredible, incredible people, incredible women on this journey. And I have just connected with so many kindred spirits. And yeah, there are so many beautiful gifts. Again, would I trade anything to have Jack back? Absolutely. But since then, there have been so many blessings and so much love and just so much that I can share. And it's um, one of my um, esteemed colleagues, uh, Chelsea Ola Miller. She is um, absolutely fantastic. She said, what is the legacy that now you have? What is that legacy of Jack? What is that? You know, what can you do with it? How can you share that? How can you inspire other people? And oftentimes when we connect with someone who's gone through something similar, we can think, okay, they've done it. I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And so again, that is sort of the platform of the work that I do now. It's like, okay, this almost killed me. There were times when I didn't want to live without him. I didn't know how I was going to live without him. And I figured it out. 
everything is figure outable as Marie Forleo says. Yeah. Yes, I know. I heard that episode and I loved it. How she learned that from was it her mom? Yeah, her mom. Yeah. Was yeah, it her, her mom, mom that would say that? Yeah, yeah. When she'd be like up on the roof or something, figuring things out that her whatever, yeah. Everything is figure outable. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that phrase. Yes. Um now in that figure outable, let's talk about that. How do you then what some some of the techniques that you could give or tips that you can give someone who is listening? Of course, they can connect with you with Shauna Demelin. It's like they could connect with you directly, and we'll give um, more information that as we're closing as where how they can connect with you. But if you could give a few tips as to what is the state a person you know can kind of either grow to be in or um, or in what kind of um, it, whether it's in nature, whether it's in meditation, or what are some of these tips that you can give someone to be more in tune with themselves and their own spirit to then connect with spirit as well mm -hmm. and with their loved mm -hmm. one? I think one of the most important things is, um, it was Brene Brown. She, she had said in one of her interviews, she said, um, it's important to surround yourself with people who have earned the right to hear your story. And so with grieving, um, especially with the loss of a child, it's very important to um, really be selective with who you really feel a close connection with. And if that's a counselor, if that's someone that is new to you, if it's a counselor, if it's a medium, if it's, if it's a grief coach, whoever that is, you need to be able to feel safe to share and have that help to navigate as things come up because sometimes things come out of left field you think you're doing great and you're triggered and you're just a complete mess you need the right support around you uh, i learned early on that not everyone not everyone can hold that space not everyone wants to or not everyone can and that's okay it's not it's not that they're less than or they're bad people they just don't have the capacity to sit it's a very dense energy it's a very heavy energy and when you're dealing with matters of the heart, it's very delicate. And I learned early on, you know, some people would say, oh, you're a medium. What's a big deal? Connect with him, whatever, get over it. Uh, you're young enough, have another baby. You could adopt, you could, you could get, uh, you know, have somebody, um, you know, carry the baby for you. You could do this, you could do that. And so I, I so quickly realized that I sort of needed to keep that close to my heart until I got to know someone. And that I found really helped. Um, there was one woman that I, I chatted with and I, you know, it shared my story and she said, so what? You could have gotten divorced. You could have went and met another man. You could have done this and you could have done that. And I was crushed. I cried for about a week after I was so hurt. And so that's really important to find someone who's earned the right to hear your story. Find someone that can hold that space. You're literally holding someone's heart when you're doing this work and not everyone can do that. And so that is, I think, one of the most important things. It's really important to honor where you are on that grief spectrum. If you stay stuck for too long, I encourage you to reach out. We all kind of go through those different layers and levels and we ping pong back and forth. And I always like to explain to people, you know, when you've had a recent loss, it's going to touch on all the other losses that you've had. And sometimes that can feel like a tsunami that's going to come and take you out. So it's, it's really having the awareness that 
grief is not linear. Uh, you know, like I said, I read for one family and all five of those people were at a different place on that grief spectrum and that's okay. And just to honor it and give it the honor and dignity that it requires because your heart is different from mine and different from Kendra's and different from everyone's heart. And so just really, again, having the support is key and realizing that that support, you know, if, if you've, you know, if you've lost a child, that support may or may not be your spouse or your partner, and that's okay. And that they are grieving as well. They're working through their own stuff as well. And so, um, you know, there was, there was one girlfriend that I thought she was my go-to. She was my go-to. We were going to be, you know, in our nineties talking about our crazy childhoods. Like she was going to be there through thick and thin. And it was interesting because as I was going through everything with Jack, she wasn't. And she sort of stepped away and, and there was this distance between our relationship and it had actually brought up all of her stuff around losing a child. And so it was interesting. It was, you would think that it would give us an opportunity to become even closer, but it, in fact, it caused this separation. And that was another grief. That was another loss. And it was just, oh my gosh, like I said, it felt like a tsunami at times because it just ping ponged on all these other losses and everything that had happened. So really being gentle with yourself. Um, you know, there were, it was probably about six months or a year where, um, you know, I would get up in the morning, throw on sweatpants, hair in a ponytail, and I would go drop them off at school, come home. And then it was like, okay, now what am I going to do? And there was one day I woke up and I thought, okay, what is it? What, what was, what were the things that really lit me up before this happened? What were the things that really brought me joy? What were the simple pleasures so going to get pedicures, putting lip gloss on, wash, doing my hair, you know, spending time with my girlfriends, getting a latte. So I made a list of about 25 things that I used to love that used to just bring me joy just because. And I made a promise to myself that every day I would get up, I would get dressed, maybe not have full makeup on, but I would put some damn lipstick on or I would just show up as the best version I could in that moment. And that that was fleeting and changing and that was okay. And so that was, I realized that I didn't like the version that I had become and that I was the only one that created it and I was the only one that could change it. So that was really, that was powerful for me. So I had this list on my mirror and every day I'd look at it and think, okay, what's one thing on that list I can do today? Oh, I love books. I'm going to go to chapters, get a latte and I'm going to look at books. Okay. I like pretty smelling things. I have candles everywhere. I'm going to bake cookies. What can I do to, to smell beautiful things? And really started to become curious about life. And then it started to build. I started to build that momentum. And then by midday, it was like, okay, I feel kind of invigorated. Maybe I'll organize my desk or maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And so it just started to, again, build that momentum and that consistency. And it helped me to be the better version of me and not every day was great. Not every day was perfect. But I found, like I said, I got to that time when I was at the river and I realized I hadn't cried for the whole day. It was like, oh my God, not that we ever get over it really. It just sort of becomes a part of us. But it, yeah, it was like, okay, I can do this. I can grieve my Jack and I can also enjoy my life. Yes. And so what people don't understand is that there's the, there's that dichotomy. There's that, that there's that duality, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you can be in the throes of grief and sadness and then you can and have, yes, 
Exactly. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah, they're not they're not removed they're not removed from each other. They can they're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. They can, they can be included. Yes, I, I I love all these tips. So honoring yourself, honoring where you are in your grief, uh, having grace, you know, uh, for yourself and your process, as well as doing things or thinking of things that used to light you up before that incident and that kind of you know, piv um, pivotal point in your life happened, that fork on the road, you know, that changed the trajectory of your life. What did you used to like, what did you used to like or do before that? And starting to kind of take bite-sized pieces of these things you used to do and kind of let them kind of build up like a snowball, kind of, you know, like you said, take momentum and and eventually you'll be on a day that you'll be able to wear a mascara. <laughs> <We're not>. Yes. <laughs> Yes, without that was a big day. <laughs> without it, it's so interesting that you said that thing because I, I always think of that. Am I gonna cry today? Should I put mascara <laughs> on, like waterproof one or normal one? The things yes. you have to think of, right? Oh yes. uh, my goodness, it's been such a joy to listen to all these, and we could probably keep on going for a whole, you know, hour more, probably talking about all these different things that um, that you have shared and go dive deeper into it. I am so grateful for you taking the time to, you know, sharing your story, sharing Jack's story and sharing with our listeners the ways in which they can connect also with their loved ones, either by using a medium or talking, tapping into maybe some of the gifts that they themselves may have in order to do that and to be open to the signs, ask for signs as well ask for them. Just like you said, give me some rocks and you got heart rocks and you got 15 that day. <laughs> um, and everyone's signs will be different and honoring that everyone in your family may have be in different uh, spaces in their grief journey as well uh, as you yourself. And uh, now tell us more about how people can connect with you for a session um, I'll make sure to include your website in the show notes and how they can learn more about you, Shauna. Oh, thank you so much. Um, uh, it was my honor to be here today. It's just absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having me again. Um, you can visit my website. It's live a life you love, all spelled out, livealifeyoulove.org. I offer sessions. I have, uh, you know, we... Uh, with COVID, everything has gone online, which is fantastic. I get to reach out to so many people around the world. So I, I do have a client base uh, that is international. So we can connect anywhere in the world. Um, I also do uh, mentorship. I help people um, learn about their mediumship gifts and, and how to navigate them and how to unwrap them. Uh, I teach classes. I also have the program Growing Up in Heaven, which is a seven-step process that teaches mothers how to make that connection and experience their child on the other side. I like to tell people you don't have to go to a medium to experience your loved ones on the other side. Sometimes we're a little too close to navigate and, and our emotions get involved and then that's a whole different ball game. But yes, there's so much information. We have a blog. Um, my podcast is the Oracle of Light and you can find me on social media. Uh, I love to hear about um, all the beautiful signs that loved ones are, are gifting and how much joy they're bringing into our lives. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And again, 
To all you listeners, you just had the pleasure of listening to Shauna DeMellon. And thank you once again for sharing all your beauty and your gifts with us. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, If you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.